What is going on, everybody? Before we get rolling on Colton's episode here, I want to just talk about the new name. So we're going, we're moving from the Academy of Change to Champion Mindset. So I figured out just through a lot of exploration and a lot of just confusion in my life on where the next steps are. I've been meditating on this for the last few weeks and meditating on what I want to do and really have come on just how obsessed I am with mindset and really with happiness. And I've created over the last few months, I've created what I call champion mindset, which is seven pillars to creating champion mindset, right? There's seven pillars to it. I'm going to be talking about all of that on this podcast, but more importantly, I really want to dive into mindset, identity, happiness, and other topics with, with athletes, with former athletes, with, in, with interesting people, with a bunch of different people, and just get down to the nitty gritty of mindset, identity, happiness, all of these things that so many of us want, right? We want to change our mindset. We want to get into, you know, this ultra disciplined type of person who just gets shit done and achieves anything and everything we set our mind to. Um, we want to increase the level of happiness. You know, I figured out recently I've been called to talk more on happiness. I figured out that really everything I've ever done in my life was trying to, to increase my level of happiness that I had. And so with that, you know, I've included happiness as a pillar of the champion mindset. And I will be talking about happiness with my guests. I'm going to be talking about mindset, identity, all of these things, all of the pillars of champion mindset, which you'll hear about throughout the course of this podcast going forward. I'm excited to continue bringing you content and stuff on a daily, on a weekly basis to help you get closer to the best version of yourself, help you cultivate the champion mindset and help you achieve anything and everything you set your mind to. So I appreciate you supporting me. I appreciate you watching and listening to this every week. I, I really, really do. And uh, let's get to the episode. We have another special guest today joining me. He is a psych grad graduated with a psych major from San Diego. He's a former baseball player with the twins Currently, he's personal training and has been doing that for the last four years. He's also opened up his own gym here in the next two to three weeks, Block Gym, August 21st. And he's a former teammate of mine with the Duluth Huskies. Cannot miss that, <laughs> where we had one of the most fun teams ever. That was uh, just a blast. My guy and friend, Colton Waltner. What's going on, Colton? Up, Woj. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if people know you by that, but that's pretty much all I know you by. So yeah, I think half the people who've come on here probably call me Woj anyway. Like that's you know that's kind of baseball. I actually like when I was going through high school, people didn't even know my name was Alex. Like everybody called me Wojo, yeah, that, or like people gave like, Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like especially with Woj Husky. That's way too long of a last name to have to. Yeah, it's a it's a hard one. It's a hard one to pronounce, and it's a hard one to see written out and pronounce correctly. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I can't believe like it's just. I can't believe how quickly. I think it was only a few years it took me to to get that nailed down. I that had to have been a full time job when I was like <laughs> one to three years old to fucking <laughs> try to nail that last down. name. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Good shit, dude. Well, I'm I'm pumped to to chat with you. Obviously, this is the first time we've we've seen each other in years. You know, we've talked on Instagram, yeah. kind of watched each other's just progression, I think, throughout 
you do in your personal training and, and just now you start in, starting the gym here, which uh, is seems awesome. I'd love for you to start just with your story, you know, just kind of how you've gotten to to this point in your life of opening up a gym and kind of getting getting to uh, in, into the personal training space and all the stuff you're doing. Yeah. So um, it's been an interesting journey. I think for the majority of my life growing up, I figured I was going to be a professional baseball player. Um, if it's something that you want to do, it doesn't really make sense to have any other options on the table. You know, it's uh, that 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 old saying, you know, as soon as you have a plan B, plan A is over with kind of thing. So plan A for a long time was to play professional baseball. And uh, I went and played college ball, um, had a few injuries there, got Tommy John while I was there the year after we played the other. Um, and then I uh, got drafted in 2017 to the Minnesota Twins, the home team. <laughs> and um, no. yeah, played there for a couple of years, had another couple of pretty bad injuries. And the last one was a fully ruptured pec um, right in my shoulder insert. So um, that one put me out for about a year and a half. And during that time, um, I left the Twins, what they call like a, a medical retirement. I basically chose to to leave because my body was was breaking down and it wasn't coming back like it used to um so i had my degree from college figured you know um this was the dream but um we have to be realistic and and know that you know it, it is a it is a game and it ends for all of us at at some point or another so uh, it was on to the next thing i came home uh was staying with my parents to kind of rehab and get resettled and then COVID hit and um, once COVID hit, I was kind of like, well, you know what? I don't really know what I want to do with this psychology thing. I was doing a, a couple small things on the side. Um, but uh, one of my friends and mentors, Logan Galbrick, who owns uh, Deuce Gym in Venice, reached out to me. Uh, it was where I was working out at the time. And uh, he reached out to me and proposed the whole idea of being a coach and being a trainer. Um, and it was more of like a challenge than a, than a proposition, but it was kind of like, Hey, I think you'd be really good at this if, if you're willing to, to do what it takes to get there. Um, and so I took that challenge to heart and I moved down to Venice and slept on a couch for six months with a couple buddies and started in the heart of COVID my personal training business. <laughs> Doesn't seem like the, the most opportune time, but the gym was an outdoor gym. It's a retrofitted auto body shop. So um, we were able to stay open during a lot of that time. And I was able to build um, a clientele during a time when people were probably looking towards fitness as a, a solution or an outlet um, more than any time ever, probably. Um, so it, was a, it, it ended up serendipitously being a, a great connection and a great starting point. And I started building from there towards this goal that I've wanted the whole time, which is to open my own training facility, you know, like a, a gym that's open to the general public, but also um, has the coaches and the ability to train athletes at a high level. Uh, we train pro guys and gals, um, college guys, high school guys, all that, uh, the whole gambit. Um, and that's, that's where we're at. That opens up on the 21st and, uh, and we'll get rolling. I love it, dude. That's awesome. So that's been like, even before you got into the personal training, you know, your buddy threw down the gauntlet on you like, Hey, like, I think you'd be good for coaching. I think you'd be good for training. Are you open to put in the work? Like before that, even you're like, I would love to have a gym or did that 
kind of start you on, oh, this would be pretty sick to have my own gym and to be able to train athletes that way? Yeah, you know, I always loved the training aspect of sports. I loved getting in the gym. I had never really been in a gym until I got to college. Um, and I realized what you could do with your body and how you could improve your athleticism and your ability like I had never really seen before. Um, and so I got obsessed with that idea of like, hey, I'm, I'm a pretty good athlete. Let's see how good I can get. And over the course of my college career, I was able to go from a pretty average athlete to one of the best athletes on the team. And um, that kind of feeling just stayed with me forever. So <clears throat> when I left uh, baseball, when I left the Twins, um, it was kind of something that I was I was thinking about. And, and I always wanted to, from like an entrepreneurial stand, uh, standpoint, I always wanted to like have my own business. And in the fitness world, uh, the best way to um, make the most amount of money and have the most amount of impact is to, is to own the gym yourself. So um, once I decided I was going to start training people, I knew that that's the, the direction I, I wanted to go. I love it, dude. That's awesome. Like, it's just like kind of the entrepreneurial stuff, not easy, but I love that you're just like, you know, I can actually make a huge impact this way. And, you know, I, I think it's so cool that you specialize in like training athletes from pro down to you. It sounds like maybe youth or high school, mm -hmm. at least at a bare minimum. And how, how did you go about just developing, you know, obviously you were athlete yourself, but is that kind of how you got into training the athletes, you know, through those connections that way? Or how did you kind of navigate that? Yeah, you know, uh, I had so many injuries across um, my playing career. Um, I kind of did like a deep dive on my career and, and kind of did this assessment of like, why was I getting hurt all the time? You know, I was, I, I in my mind, I was doing the right things. I was working out in the right way. Um, my diet was good, nutrition, all that sort of stuff. And things kept breaking. And I refuse to believe it's just because like I'm, I'm made soft. So maybe that's what it is. But <laughs> what I, what I kind of realized was I was just doing too much and I was doing too much of um, things that weren't really benefiting me as a baseball player. Um, so when I realized those, those certain things uh, that showed up in training that I could have changed or I could have manipulated and it would have created more longevity and I would have been healthier. I, I have no regret around anything that I did, but um, I want to take that knowledge. I want to be able to pass it on. I want to be able to um, not only train these young kids and just your everyday mom and dad. I want you to have knowledge around the way your body moves. I want it to make sense to you. I want you to like when you're out in the wild, when you're on a hike and you feel something or, or whatever, you know that it's coming from, a specific type of movement, you know, like, I feel like everybody should have a better sense of how their body moves. And so, um, especially athletes. So that's kind of, um, the drive behind, um, uh, why I really do like training so much. I love it, dude. And it's crazy. Like how many people are sore in pain, right? Just, Everyone. you know, even, I mean, athletes, I remember walking around and I mean, I had injury after injury myself. It's like, Oh, shoulder injury, elbow injury. Oh, and, you know, pulled hammy and, and I never even looked into that, but I kind of always thought looking back on it, it's like, I, we drank so fucking much. And I, it was like, I can't imagine that's good for, for recovery. Right. And yeah. so that's, I always look back on some of those moments. I'm like, wow, if I, if I knew what I knew now, it's like, 
how much better could I have been? Because my nutrition was shit. Drank super fucking heavily to black out basically every time. I was like, let's, you know, we're getting after it, boys, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's, that was kind of the, the plan. And did not like stretch a lot. You know, it was kind of like the half-ass stretching before workouts, the half-ass stretching before everything. Just kind of taking shortcuts. And I've thought about that personally. And I'm like, I don't know if I could have got to myself then. You know, even, you know what I mean? I don't know if I could have fully like, gotten You wouldn't have been ready for it. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I'm curious for, for you, like, do you only try to get through to people that are ready for it? Or are you, like, like trying to get through to everybody? Yeah. So, I mean, great question. This is where my experience with psychology comes into help. So, I, I love that I majored in psych. It, it taught me a lot about myself and, and definitely just made me a better person by going to these college courses and taking the classes and learning these things. Um, but now, like in my, in my work, I'm able to take everything that I've known and all the books that I've read on it and, and all that sort of stuff and apply it to uh, the people that I'm training because it's not just a physical thing like we all know. It's probably way more mental in reality than it is physical. You know, you can't make someone do something that they don't want to do. But I, the way I approach it is, um, and, and there's going to be this huge quote up in the gym in vinyl lettering. Um, and it's going to say, you got to want it. And it's a question that I ask people all the time is like, how bad do you want it? What do you want? How bad do you want it? You know, and, and it's an honest conversation. You know, if it's something that you really want, if it's something you really want to pursue, okay, if you can trust me, I'll get you there. I'll give you the steps. I'll show you how we're going to approach getting you to that point you want to be. But you just told me that you wanted it that bad. So that means that, you know, that's a commitment. That means that I'm going to get on you when I need to, and I'm going to be your friend, and I'm going to be whatever you need me to be in that moment or at that time. But again, we're working towards this goal and I'm going to, I'm going to hold you accountable. And so it's a, it's a great way for me to be able to hold people accountable because they've already said the words, I want this. I'm like, Hey, I didn't say it. You said you wanted it. I'm just going to try and help you get there. And, and framing it like that, it tends, at least I've seen, it tends to trigger people in a way that gets them motivated in like a sustainable way, not just motivated for that day or that time, but it's that continuous, I said I wanted this. Do I still want it? Yes. Okay, then I do the things that are maybe uncomfortable or that I don't want to do. Oh, that's awesome. And I think that even like before that, you know, I had the asking of what do you want, right? I think that there's so many people that are unclear on that aspect of it too, right? They're like, well, George wants this goal. You know, that seems pretty cool. Like I'd love to do that. But then they're not really sold on it. So then they continue to fall off. So I think that's, that's great. Just those combination of like, what do you want? And how bad do you fucking want it? Yeah. And then you know, you're going to hold them to it, right? That that kind of is like almost the contract. It's like, okay, this is okay. You're good. You're good to go. Let's do it. Like, let's do it because that's a. I think that's that's huge. And I love that you do use the psychology in inside of baseball. But I'd love to, or inside of your training. But I'd love to go back to just when you made the transition out of baseball, because I know for me, it's was super i was attached really heavily to my view as myself as an athlete for the first 
23 years of my life, that's really all that I thought I was, right? That's all I felt like I was good at. That's I lived, breathed. I would imagine you're similar, right? Like I lived, breathed. My only dream and goal is were to be a professional athlete. I was like, I, I need to do it. I remember like every time outside of even playing sports, like we were playing in the backyard, we're doing all this stuff. I channeled all of my energy into that. And so like, it took me like five years after sports to really fully get my identity away from sports. If that makes sense. And so I'm curious, like for you, was the transition easy for you? Did you have any of those similar struggles and how did you kind of navigate that? Uh, it was incredibly hard. Um, I would say after I retired from the twins, I was severely depressed for probably like six months, you know, and, and just like as a quick bit, I, I believe that depression is, is an emotion. It's not like a disease that needs to be persistent and, and keep going. It's, it's something that you're feeling at the moment. And I think a, a lot of people, if not everyone goes through, goes through these moments, you know, when you have this questioning of self, like, what, what, what am I doing? Like, why, why does this make sense? to me. Um, I think that's almost an important thing for people to have. It's kind of that like step back introspection. What am I doing? Do I want to do it? Uh, does this make sense? Like who am I as a person? What are my about? What's my value set? All that sort of things. So um, it really caused me and in, in, thank God I was at my parents' house during this time because I wasn't really in a good place. I was still rehabbing. Um, I wasn't in a good place physically or mentally, and I was allowed to just be in my room. COVID was going on, um, read a lot of books, think about like what I actually want and like what's important to me in my life, not just like career-wise, but like what do I value? Like what what kind of man do I want to be? All those sort of things. And I would just write them down. I would journal. I'd say, I, I want this in my life. I want to be this. I believe this, you know, things that are, are true to myself. And it started to quickly pull me out of it. You know, I, I started to understand uh, direction, where I was going and why I wanted to go there. Just because I sat there and had some conversations with myself and writing it down obviously helps a lot because it becomes real, it becomes physical. Um, but Dude, those, those six months after I stopped playing, it's some of the hardest stuff you can go through. I mean, any athlete playing at a high level can probably um, sympathize with it, but you lose your purpose. You lose yourself, you know? And for me, I, I tell people this a lot. You know, my dream was to play professional baseball. The ultimate dream was to play in the big leagues, but professional baseball. And, and I got drafted. Dream come true at age 21. And then dream lost at age 23, 24. So I was like, how many people do you know that have achieved their dream and lost it or gotten that close to their dream and, and lost it uh, before the age of 25? You know, it's tough. You committed your life to something and then you no longer have that opportunity to achieve it. And professional sports is, is crazy that way because it's not like, uh, a, it's not like um, a job outside of athletics or um, a certain like monetary value set you're trying to get to. It's like, look, once you, once you no longer play baseball, that dream is gone. You can't just keep working towards it. You can't just work harder. No, no, no. The dream's gone. You have to decide what, uh, what you are as a person outside of the sport that you play. 
It's so difficult, dude. And I think that it's so cool that you did that you did all that introspection. Kind of thinking about my scenario, I didn't I didn't do that until later down the road. I, I basically numbed myself, you know, with I put through myself into health, fitness, the gym, nutrition, trying to like control every aspect of that. And then I would just like drink my sorrows away on the weekends. Right. And so like, I, I was basically like trying to just push all of it away. I was like, I don't want to deal with this, like these feelings that I have. And eventually, luckily I've, I've gotten to it and gotten, gotten away from that whole athlete identity that was kind of wrapped up in it. But I think that there's all those steps that you took are amazing and something that people can, can really learn from. It is crazy. Just, I never thought about that where it's like our dream, your dream is just, you realize the dream and it can be over. And then it's something that you did for the longest time to make it a career, right? Like it wasn't a career, but it felt like a career throughout our whole lives because you're spending so much time putting into it. And for me, I didn't put a lot of time into to the school aspect of it. Like I, I would, you know, I'm not proud of this, but I would like cheat and stuff and like, I would get good grades, but I wouldn't put like that much effort in. I was like, oh, I'm going to, and the funny thing is the first few years of college, I didn't even think it was that realistic that I was going to be able to play pro ball. And then all of a sudden, like I started, I started getting like, like looks and stuff. I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah. And so then I turned on the neck, you know, the, the jets. I was like, let's, let's start fucking, let's start fucking doing this shit. And then I really put school on the, on the back burner. I was like, Oh yeah. fuck this shit. You know, we're going to go at it. And then it kind of gets ripped away from you pretty quickly. And you're like, Oh fuck. What do I do now? Like, <laughs> You know, and, and the big thing, the big thing for me was I was almost sort of upset because I was like, look at, look at all this time that I invested into this thing and what a waste, you know, like it's done before I'm, I'm even 25 years old. Like that was the biggest question and was probably most upsetting during that time. I was like, why did I do all of that? You know, like that, it seems, it seems dumb that I put all that time into this thing that was, was really like questionable and like really hard to attain all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it's. It requires a reframe of that situation where it's not what a waste. It was it was more realizing, look at all of these things that I can use to transfer into my real life, you know? And I started looking at all the stories and all the things I've heard from coaches and all the things I've witnessed and how people interact and everything. And I was like, I was like, I've I've had a, a crash course on, you know, uh, responsibility hard work, um, willingness to do things you don't want to do, uh, willingness to be like, you know, I'm the player, you're the coach, you're my boss. I'm, I work for you. Like this is, you know, like that sort of relationship and understanding the dynamic there, all that stuff is what happens in the real world. And so I think if any athlete really takes a look at their career, they're going to realize I have, I have holsters full of ammunition to, to use on the real world to be successful. And, and all that time and effort was worth something. It was worth more than probably actually going to school. You know, that's real world um, experience. It's, it's quality experience that you can use in your life. Yeah, no, that is, that is definitely true. And what do you think, what do you think are like the two or three biggest things that you took from just like when you were reflecting on your career and just what made you so successful? Because let's be honest, I mean, you got to such a small percentage of what people get to, right? And so 
if you can get to that percentage of any, you know, like that can translate to anything you do. Right. And so like, what, what are some of the things, the biggest things that you'd say helped you that maybe some people listening could use in their own life, their own job, wherever they're, yeah. just wherever they're at. It, it was the one thing I already said already is the willingness to do things you don't want to do. You know, that is, that is life. Like <laughs> no matter what job you have, no matter who you work for, if you work for yourself, there's always going to be things, monotonous things, things that you aren't great at that you don't want to do that need to get done. You know, and, and I've found and I think I've I've noticed kind of in our, our world today is a complete lack of willingness to do uncomfortable things or, or things that you're maybe not good at or you don't want to do. Um, but it's a practice. You're never going to want to do those things and then you don't need to trick yourself into thinking you want to do them. It's, it's practice. You know, this is, it's an acceptance of this is the way life is, is that I must endure things and uh, perform well through things I don't want to do so that I can have the things I do want so that I can reap the benefits of, of the opposite of what that is, which is doing the things that I love, you know, but one requires the other. You can't have one without the other. So that's number one, willingness to, to do things that are, that are uncomfortable. The second one is, is leadership, being able to communicate with people on uh, a leadership uh, standpoint, you know, um, in a lot of companies, you would, I think every boss probably wants their employees to all take on some form of leadership. I think that's, that's probably what, what most CEOs and people out there talk about, but, um, Leadership is a skill and it is really hard. Um, it takes uh, understanding people, learning how to interact with different people. And uh, the best way to do that is to know the person. You know, you can't, you can't treat people um, the way that they need to be treated to, to bring out the best in them if you don't know them, if you don't know where they came from, if you don't know their story, if you don't know their background, all that sort of stuff. So in order to become a great leader, you need to know the people that you work with who you interact with, you know, on a, on a, on a certain level. Um, so yeah, leadership would be number two. And I think the last one is, and it is, it's such a cliche, but it's, it's hard work. I think cut and dry hard work. I'll put it this way. I've never seen anybody work really hard and not have success. No one's worked their tail off and done everything and exhausted every option and not had success. Because as far as, as far as I've seen in the world and in business is the ones who work the hardest for the longest are able to find that success. Now it can turn into like an unhealthy thing, you know, an obsession with your work where you, you start to neglect personal life and family and, and everything. And you can't absolutely can't let it turn into that. But um, hard work is showing up every day and just pursuing that common goal. That's all it is. You know, you just have to show up. And most of the time, I mean, that's what training is. I tell most people, I'm like, look, you don't pay me necessarily for the workouts. You could, you could get workouts online for free. Fitness is free. It really is. You can Google search workouts really good ones too, like pretty decent workout plans and get them for 30 bucks a month or whatever. You pay me $150 a month or $150 a session. 
So what you're really paying me for is the accountability. You're, you're, you're paying me to be here and make sure that you show up and be a support system for you in this journey. It's not just for the workouts. And, and that is hard work is showing up on those days. You know, you, you committed to four times a week, you show up four times a week. No matter what the workout looks like inside of it, you showed up. That is the, the rep that you want to keep repeating. Those are good. Those three are awesome, dude. And kind of the first one I love, I just kind of going back into them, the willingness to change and get uncomfortable. No growth comes out of staying in your comfort zone, right? It's kind of, it's, it's just crazy. And I, I've been doing something recently. This is about the last like week and a half where I, I talk to three people. I like start conversations with three people in public a day and like face a fear of that. And so I think that's like, like the, cause that was for the longest time. like a spontaneous <laughs> conversation is tough. Right. And, and so I'm like, I just kind of go up and I was like, Oh, 49ers, you know, like he's got a 49er shirt on or something like that. Like start a conversation with, with somebody on like that or whatever. And I found that that is just in a week and a half of getting uncomfortable there. Like I've grown so much and I've become so much more comfortable in starting conversations with random people without the worry of rejection or somebody like spitting in my face or some shit. And so it's like, I think that that is just such a huge, huge thing there. And then number two was leadership, right? Yep. And I think that's, I mean, that's, that's just huge in anything. And you know, this, the importance from what you said, like getting to know people that you actually work with. I think that's, that's huge. You kind of see like the leaders that don't succeed. They, they just kind of think that they're above everybody. Right. It kind of, that's what it kind of seems like. They don't, they don't really actually have the communication with people. I know for me, the bosses that I've had that have been the best are the people who like, they know you on a deeper level. And so I think that's absolutely amazing. And then the hard work can't get, can't get by the, the hard work. And that's what I was, I reflected on this exact same thing. And I was like, okay, it's like, what made me so good? Right. It's like, what made me so good at baseball? Like, how can I channel this into business? And what I came up with was, I was like, first off, like I was competitive as all hell, right? Which kind of is like that work, like hard work a little bit, right? But like, just I wanted to be the best and I, in whatever I did. And I was like, okay, like that's, that's great. Like, you know, that, that competitiveness can be channeled into other areas, right? Like can be channeled into our daily activities. And um, trial and error was another one I came up with personally. It was like the, the ability to not view failure as like something bad, right? Like just something where you're like, I'm going to try this and I'm going to, if it doesn't work, maybe I'll make a little quick shift this way and we'll try this aspect. And then like trying different things until you figure something out where a lot of people will, they'll try something, it'll fail and they'll be like, I lost cause, fuck it. I'm done. Right. Like I'm not doing it again. Yeah. Or they'll get burned by something. Right. And they won't do it. You know, they'll, they'll be like, I'm not going to try that again. It's like the I kind of think of it as like the hot stove. You don't want to touch the hot stove again, but there's a lot of things I think where you got to go back and touch it. Right. Like, like, as it, I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, but like, like not with a stove cause that's stupid, but there's a lot of other things that people get burned by like one person. Right. It was like if, if stoves weren't actually generally hot and somebody touched one and burned them. Right. And then like, they're like, I'm not going to touch any other stove. Yeah. It's like, if you didn't know it was on, and you touched it. Yes. And then you use that and you're like, I'm never touching a stove again. And it's like, well, yeah. yeah, but it, that one was on. It could be off. Yeah. There you go. That's a better one. I, I was, I was kind of struggling. You, you pulled me out of there, but um, 
So I think that's, that's awesome, man. And, you know, I'd love to go back to psychology. We kind of started getting into your psychology and how you use that with your clients, with your athletes, all of that stuff. And it's first off, that's a complex degree to get with that. Like generally people get just, you know, like this basic degree, right? Like, especially if you're trying to become an athlete. So what led you into psychology and in the midst of also trying to reach that dream of playing in the big leagues? Well, I wish it was, I wish the, the real reason was, um, something like nice and, uh, intentional, you know, like I, I wanted to understand people better or I wanted to become a better leader or something like that. But it was, it was really because I made a list of all the majors that didn't require past a core math class. <laughs> so I'm very, very bad at math numbers. Like I have like dyslexia of numbers, you know, like when it gets oh. in my head, the, the numbers start dancing. So, you know, math isn't my thing. I understood that. Um, and going in, you know, you have to take your like core requirement math class, whatever that is. And I was like, fine, I can limp my way through this class. But after that, I cannot take another math class because there's just too much going on. This is just going to be a problem. So I uh, made a list and um, surprisingly not that many majors <laughs> that don't require math past the base. Um, but a couple of them were history, philosophy and psychology. And I like kind of narrowed it to those three. And it was like, you know what? I really love history. I've always loved history. Um, but uh, my dad pointed out the fact that pretty much the only thing you can do with a history degree is talk about history and teach history. Um, so I was like, all right, yeah, fair point. Um, so I put that one to the side and um, settled on psych. Um, it was really interesting. USD is a small school. So uh, the class sizes are probably around like, 30 to 40 you know it's almost like a high school class um so it's it's a lot more personal but i was in these classes it would be like me one other guy and then like 32 chicks <laughs> i was just in classes with all the with a bunch of girls like there's no, there's not a lot of guys in that major um for sure but i realized very quickly after a couple of the first classes that i was like wow i could actually learn a lot a lot of like applicable information here. And I love learning. I, I didn't really love school. I didn't love the format of school, but I, I loved learning. I love knowledge. Um, and I was like, wow. I was like, <clears throat> this is going to help me understand myself so much more. It made my uh, relationship with like my sisters and my parents a lot better. You know, you're able to like look back at things that happened in your family and, and you forgive a lot of things and you have a lot more understanding for things. Um, and it, towards the end of my college career, like before I um, graduated and got drafted and all that, um, I started to realize in that last year, I was like, wow. I was like, I can, I can have a conversation with these guys, like these new players on the team. I was like, and I can figure out how I need to like interact with this guy like that. I was like, this is sick. I was like, this, like subconsciously, I was like, I, I understand like how this guy's like talking to me, where he's coming from. I know the city he's from. I have this information that like now I can talk to this freshman and I can try and get the most out of him as a leader and like a captain on this team um, rather than just being like, I'm the senior, you're the freshman, you know, go pick that up kind of thing. 
That's awesome. So it excelled your leadership abilities. And what are some of those things that you, you learned then that allowed you to pick up on just those minor little things of talking to somebody and knowing how they should be led? You realize that most people's issues and trauma comes from the first like 10 years of their life. You know, it, for, for the most part, a lot of people, their trauma happens really early. Um, and for most people, it's subconscious. So you don't understand that you're being affected by these things that happened to you as a kid or a young adult, but you are. And you're projecting and you're acting based on these insecurities and things that you have, right? And so uh, you, you learn that in psych and, and going through all the classes and then you understand that. And so what I did was I just realized that I was going to get to know these guys, you know, and not like to use them. You know, I'm not trying to like find information that I can use to manipulate them or anything. I'm like, you know what? The secret is actually making friendships and knowing who these guys are. I was like, and if that makes me a better leader, great. But also I feel like there's going to be more benefits from this. I feel like I'll get more out of this than, than just being a better leader. And I, I think I did, but the, the main thing was, um, I would, I would have one-on-ones and like lunches and sit downs and side conversations with guys all the time. Um, I would invite some of the younger guys like over to the house or I would take them out to lunch or, um, whatever it was. And I skipped all the BS and I just asked them about personal questions, you know, about baseball. What do you want out of baseball? You know, like, do you have a girlfriend? How long have you guys been together? What's she like? You know, like, uh, like stuff like that, that maybe some people might think like in another context is like inappropriate, but especially on a team, it's totally appropriate. You can get to know these guys on the deepest level that you want. And the more I did that, the more I learned about them. And the more what I didn't expect is that they just respected me because I would share with them and they would share with me. And when you have that mutual understanding, it's really hard not to have respect for each other. And so when it came time during the season and other things, when I would say something or I would snap, you know, like sometimes you get, I mean, obviously you get upset during the season, certain things happen. The guys listened. It wasn't like they rolled their eyes. It wasn't like they were like, ah, whatever, dude, kind of thing. It was, it was more of like, oh, oh shit, Colm's upset. Like, what do we do to fix this? How do we change this? How, like there, there's, there's a respect there, you know, and, it, and it's not like, um, I think you see a lot of times like, when a boss or the head guy um, relays information or gets upset and goes off on people, it's like total dissonance, you know, like everyone just separates themselves from it. They're like, Oh no, 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 no. He doesn't know what he's talking about, blah, blah, blah. And the real good teams the real good cultures understand that that person's upset for a reason. And it's not because they're mad at me. It's because they care about me and about this thing that we're pursuing. And then it's, you get that, this collective and that, that is like, what creates a team. And, and that all came from psych. That all came from understanding that you have to get to know people on a core level in order to one, interact with them, but to lead them. That's good shit, man. I think that's something that everybody can take. Like if you're in a leadership role, if you're just in a business in a job in general, like getting to know people around you, cause you never know when you're going to be in a leadership role. And if you have the respect of people around you as well, it's going to make it a lot easier. I think that's Really cool. And I, I wanted to ask you, you know, you talked about like a lot of these things, a lot of people's problems, a lot of people's insecurities, 
coming from childhood trauma, like zero to 10. And this is a topic I've been huge on, you know, just something I've done a lot of work on myself personally, like healing that inner child, doing a lot of that like inner child type work and digging into my past and some of the things, some of the roots of some of my struggles and some of my sabotage issues and different things that I've struggled with. Did you, while you were going through your degree, do some of that work on yourself, like as you were learning these things? Or did you, like, how did you go about those different scenarios as they popped up? Yeah, no, it, it popped up all the time. You know, it, growing up, um, it, it, like, it was, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of, like, moving around. You know, when I was young, um, my family, we lost our house. And so we had to stay in a, a Motel 6 for, for a few months. And then my, my dad got a job and, and we got this new house. But money was still tight. You know, like if I wanted to buy a video game as a kid, it wasn't asking for one. It was how much work are you going to do to earn that video game kind of thing. Like, I'm not just going to pay $50. Like, you're going to have to mow the lawn 205 times to get it. But, um, yeah, I, I think uh, growing up, um, I didn't I didn't come from a lot, but it was, it was comfortable. And I was very loved by my parents. I really didn't have a lot of trauma. And so I really looked for it. I was like, there's no, I was like, there's no way, there's no way. Like I don't have like a big thing. That's like, and I, I, I really don't like, I've been so blessed um, with my family and the people that have been around me, you know, and it's a lot of people are like, you know, I do this to prove people wrong and I have no one to prove wrong. Most, most of the people in my life, uh, I have to prove them right. You know, they've, they believed in me and, and supported me throughout pretty much my entire life. Um, but what I will say is I started to understand where my parents came from. You know, my, I, it was relatively strict. I had like a pretty early bedtime. Um, I wasn't allowed to do uh, like a ton of um, like typical high school extracurricular things. You know, I didn't go to parties. I didn't drink. I didn't do any of that stuff because I wasn't really allowed. Um, and I convinced myself at that time, well, I don't do those things because I'm going to be a professional baseball player. You know, and I almost thought like I was kind of better than people uh, from that standpoint. Like I don't party, like I work hard and I, I, I'm doing this baseball thing. And, and that's kind of how I explained it away. But, you know, I didn't have a lot of freedoms and I missed out on, on a lot of stuff. Um, I missed out on a lot of interactions like socially, you know, and it, it created um, this like sort of not like kind of like underlying anxiety when, when I'm in social settings, you know, like I, I, I'm not anxious. I'm not like uh, outwardly, um, like excited or, or, or nervous or anything like that. But I really just don't like being in them. I can operate in them. I could talk to anybody like public speaking is not a problem. I just like, didn't like going into public settings. I didn't really like the, um, the parties and whatnot, because like I had told myself as a young kid, you know what? Like, I don't do those things because I'm doing this. I'm doing baseball and this is my goal and all that. You know, so I didn't I didn't allow myself that sort of flexibility and, and, and understanding that that's not my parents fault. You know, they were they were doing um, the absolute best job that they could with where they came from, you know, and, and everyone comes from crazy situations and stuff like that. Um, so I forgave my parents. I said, you know, what? not your fault that you guys were this strict or that you required this from me. Um, and, and at the same time, I realized, you know, and I need to give myself a break. Like, it's okay to go party. It's okay to 
hang out with friends and, and lay back and maybe every once in a while do some sketchy stuff. Um, like I, it's not going to kill me. It doesn't mean that I'm working less harder towards my goal, you know? And I realized that probably within that first year of like mostly psychology classes, I, I did a ton of work on, on kind of my family and, and what was kind of holding me back. That's good shit, dude. And one thing that I like, I just kind of stood out in my mind. So like, I've actually had a similar situation where I've had to prove people right. Right. Like I think blessed, right. Like to, to not have a lot of people that I think don't believe in me, but I think there's also challenges that come with that. Right. Like, cause there's, there's the like sitting on your ass type of challenges, right. That can come with that. How have you navigated that? Like just having a lot of supporters, which can be, super beneficial. And I'm sure there's people out there that are like, fuck you guys, right? Like you guys have like all this support, yeah. right? Like, and you're talking about this, but there's also that, that a lot of these people who have been really successful, right? They talk about all of the haters, right? And all these people who constantly put them down and, and really fueled them to, to go forward. So I'd love for you to chat on or talk on that for, for a second. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I think it starts with, the the target that we're putting on like accomplishments you know um everyone has trauma and anxieties and insecurities that they deal with you know the trust fund kid who grows up in a very nice home and um, vacations in the hamptons and, and does all these things if you don't think that that kid faces an unreal amount of pressure from his father or from like the family or whatever it is to um, carry on the name or live a certain way, they are under incredible amount of pressure. You know, now it's different than the pressure of, um, I'm growing up in this one bedroom apartment with three families and, um, my mom is working two jobs and that is a whole nother kind of pressure. But on the scale of things, it probably feels the same to those people. Now one is privileged beyond the other, but in your mind, your mind doesn't care how much money you have, you know, it's going to be the, the same amount of anxiety and, and, and pressure that you feel. And it's usually resulted around an accomplishment, you know, wherever that goal is that you're trying to get to. And, um, for me, I do not care what I am doing as a career. I do not care what the accomplishment is now of, of what I'm trying to reach. My goals are centered around what I want in my personal life. And what that is, is freedom of time. So I have freedom to spend with the people that I love, my family, my girlfriend, go on vacations and trips throughout the year and actually live your life and not work all the time. <laughs> um, so freedom of time is a big one. Um, you have to have these, these things, like I, I want to be a father, right? I want to be able to spend time with my kids. I would love to be able to go to their games when they're playing sports. You know, I would love to spend time with them on the weekends. Um, all these sort of things. That's what my goals are centered around. So whatever my career is that allows me to have that life outside of work, that is what will work for me, you know? And so I picked a career that I, that I really enjoy and that I found that I can make money and have that sort of freedom of time eventually, not right now, because your boy's grinding like 16 hours a day, but 
eventually when you get to that point, like I will have that freedom. And so that's what I'm working towards. I'm not working towards building a, a big gym and making this much money. I don't care. I need, I need enough money to go into Whole Foods and not care how much money I'm spending and, uh, <laughs> and, and take care of my family. And that's, that's it, man. Dude, that's cool. I love that. I love that you centered it around just living life to the fullest, really. Right. That's, that's what it's all about. And that's, that's making me think, right. It's like, you know, am I doing it wrong? You know, like, like, yeah, how can I, how can I, how can I use a little bit of that to, to help myself? And so I think that's, that's huge. Cause I think freedom, freedom is just, it's so key, right. You see so many people that, um, and enjoyment, right. I think one of the things for me, I, I saw a lot of people, like my parents growing up, like they did so many amazing things for me and my brother, but they didn't like their jobs, mm-hmm. right? They, I just saw people constantly complaining about their jobs and, and I really wanted to not be that way. You know, I wanted to take a lot of the traits from, from my parents and a lot of the amazing things that they've done for us, but I wanted to make sure that I'm living something that I love doing, you know, and doing something that's like, you know, this is really cool. And that like, when I do have kids, they can see somebody chasing their dream, right? It's like, oh, dad's chasing his dream, right? I think that's just so cool to yeah. to, to see that and just it instills a lot of really cool things, I think, in a kid when they're like, you know what? Like, I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. Like, just, it, you know, whatever lights a fire under me, like, I can go after it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this. Um, a lot of people, you know, like, do what you love, do what you love, do what you love. And, and I agree, you should love um, the process of whatever you do. I mean, if there's a bunch of people that work around corporate America, like I guarantee, like how, how could you love sitting in that cubicle and, and doing 80, 80 sales calls a day? You can't, but, and I could be wrong about this, but I think that your personal life fuels your career. And so if you're, if you're good on the home front, you know, if, if wifey's taken care of, if you guys get to go on trips, you're making a substantial enough money to be comfortable. You're not, you're not dead. You're not worrying about any of that stuff. I guarantee you, you show up to your job way more excited and way more motivated to do well in it than if the stuff on the personal side is, is lacking. When that's lacking, then it's like, oh, well, of course your job sucks. Yeah, well, you're not excited about life. So why would you be excited about your work? You know, like you can be excited about a job that isn't your dream job and have a very comfortable and exciting life because your personal life fulfills everything that you need. And your career is just the vehicle that you use to to give you that life that you want. Yeah, that's a good point, because I've I've actually I've done a lot with that the last like three months, especially where I schedule in fun things throughout the week and I make it a point. Right. And I've, I've seen just a huge shift. Cause I felt like I was just sleepwalking <laughs> through the week. I was just constantly working, constantly grinding, constantly doing that stuff. And I'm like, I got to do more fun shit. And somebody kind of forced yeah. me to do it. They're like, you got to schedule more shit into your week. It's like, you love golf, fucking golf all the time. Right. And so like, I do that. I'll golf like three, four times a week. And I just try to schedule as many things. And I've noticed just that huge shift in how I show up like for everybody in my life, but also just how I show up for my clients, for just work, you know, that excitement. Cause I'll golf like first thing in the morning, I'll get like the first tee time. I'll play in less than two hours. How are you, you going to have a bad day? How are you going to have a bad day after? Exactly. Before, 
most people are awake, you know, it's pretty hard. Oh, I know, dude. It's so awesome. And, uh, but dude, this has been, this has been awesome. I had other topics. I, I was thinking of going with you. I feel like we could have you on sometime in the future again. And we can go deeper. <laughs> what? Did I talk too much? Oh no, we went to a lot of good places. I didn't have, like, I just had it written down because you're like, I love deep topics. And I was like, I love deep topics too. So we kind of went there a little bit, but I feel like it would be cool to have you on in the future again, you know, once you've been running the gym for a while to, to get an update on how the gym's going and then to go like deep into like purpose and, you know, like stuff like that, where I know that I think that we could probably, you know, kind of mash on that for a while too. Or, yeah. You can fill up another couple hours with that stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. But, <laughs> but yeah, and, and also I wanted I wanted to tell you. I mean, we can talk about this off camera, but um, opening the gym, I want to obviously incorporate nutrition. Nutrition's, I mean, it's what you're passionate about. I'm yeah. I'm also passionate about it. Um, but getting some way to link you through the site or with members, um, I can contract you out to to members and, and and get you some more clients and everything on the side so we can we can get that business booming fuck dude well i appreciate it let's let's chat on that let's yeah. see like let's let's do it man i i would love to to help help your your members and um help athletes as well it sounds like you got a lot of athletes over there that'd be cool to to get to get in there and um really help people achieve those fucking goals dude and so i i really appreciate you brother and i'd love for you to to you know, tell everybody where they can find you, where they connect with you. You know, if, if we have anybody listening from, from the LA area, how, how they can get, uh, get set up with the block gym and, uh, you know, start, start working out there. Yeah. So it is, uh, the block uh, on the website because somebody bought up just the block gym and I couldn't buy it back from them. <laughs> um, Instagram is at block gym. And uh, we also are in the app store. If you just type in block gym, it's B L O C. Um, the meaning behind that is, is the, the root of that word is it just means like individuals or groups who come together for a common purpose. You know, um, it's just like a, a, a coalition of sorts, you know, it's like comes from the same root as like blockchain and, and other things like that. Um, but yeah, social media, Instagram, uh, there's a Facebook group. You can just search block gym anywhere and it'll, it'll pretty much pop up for you. Um, if you're not in LA, the best way you can support, um, we'll have some online programs, um, that you can purchase and, and, and do on your own and also merchandising. Um, apparel is like something that I, I love. I love design. I have no like drawing capabilities, but, um, design on the computer is, is nice. Uh, so I love designing clothes and stuff. So, uh, the goal there with the gym is we're going to create, um, we're going to create apparel that can be worn in the gym, but also it's designed for, for the street, you know, you can wear it in your life and whatnot. And awesome. It's fun stuff. So that'll all be popping up here in the next couple of weeks. Good shit, dude. Well, everyone make sure you go and support them. We'll link everything down here and where can they follow you? Colton, where can they get oh, yeah. you on Instagram? Yeah, uh, if you type in my name, Colton Waltner, my my thing will pop up. But my actual tag is uh, Wally World at Wally World um, on Instagram. Um, not not doing this as like a as like a plug, but it's the one with the the blue check mark. Um, in case you're looking for it, <laughs> it's like I'm the least famous verified. Well, now you can pay for it, so it doesn't even matter anymore. I used to think. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm the least famous verified account on Instagram, and now anyone can get it. But um, yeah, Wally World on uh, on Instagram. That's the main thing. I don't do TikTok or any other stuff. Love it. Well, go follow Colton. Go follow Black Jim. Go grab some apparel. Go go grab some uh, some online sessions, or go in to the gym if you are in the LA area and support this man. I appreciate you, brother, for for coming on. Guys, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, make sure you like, subscribe, you share this with somebody. Um, we went a lot of places here. And like I said, we'll have to have, a, have you on again here in the future and, and talk uh, talk about how the gym's going and uh, dive into some more deep stuff. Let's do it, Woj. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on.